irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Talk Radio and all podcasting platforms. This is Max and Friends. I am your host. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome to the show. If it's your first time tuning in, where have you been? We've been here now going into almost 15 years. I'm glad that you're you're joining me tonight at my table. Pull up a seat. We're going to talk about food, the culinary world, my cookbook, the Delmonico Way, and all the things that have been happening. So join me here tonight at Max and Friends. And if you can't join me here right now because you've got to go or do something or you're tuning in, it's already another day. Thank you for being here. You know, you can get all of our shows for the last 15 years here at LATalkRadio.com. But also, we're on Podbean. And then from there, we're on all podcasting platforms. So wherever you want to tune in, I'm grateful that you're tuning in because without you, there really is no <laughs> there is no me <laughs> without this show, without having you. So thank you for being a part of it. You know, the Demonica Way is really taking off. I'm really grateful and glad for it. There was a wonderful thank you all for noticing. There was a wonderful article today in the Daily News. So you can go to my Facebook, uh, my Facebook, you can go to my Instagram at Max Tucci and there you can see the wonderful article and I'm going to tweet it too. So tweet me at Max Tucci. We're going to put that up and thank you so much. Thank you so much to, um, to Jessica Knapp over at Rizzoli. I am just so thrilled to have Jessica be the publicist for this book and, uh, wow, to be able to open up the, the daily news and see not like a single page, but like a double page spread. It's very much like, how you doing? <laughs> and it, it brings me great joy. So thank you so much um, to, Jen, to Jessica Knapp and to Jacqueline. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, thank you, Jacqueline, over at the Daily News. I don't know you. I'm grateful to you. I'm so, I'm speechless, actually. And um, to try to, to, give you the standing ovations that are inside of me and to articulate it would almost minimize it because there's a great joy. Um, there's a great joy um, in being able to, to read that beautiful uh, two page spread. I, I still am like speechless, literally. Jacqueline Coulter, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. And so listen, here's the story. Last night I had a wonderful dinner at the house uh, for the Keeler Library which is a wonderful library in Westchester County. And um, it was a charity dinner. And so Chef Tommy and I, we literally go to my Instagram at Max Tucci and see what we created last night. And the most amazing, all the recipes are from the cookbook, but the delicious baked Alaska cupcakes that my buddy, um, Chef, oh, I, let me just tell you, here's the reality. I'm just so excited because there's so much to talk about and I don't know like where to begin. You know, I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. Let's just cut this. Let's be real. I am so tired people. <laughs> it's like, I get it. You know, it's Sunday night. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's a Monday. Thank God tomorrow's a holiday. Happy indigenous people day. I guess that's what we're calling it now. Well, it's true. Columbus never discovered America. So it was like ridiculous to say that anyway, but um, I'm tired. Let's just be real. You know, um, for all of you who are in that tired space, join me tomorrow morning at 7.45 a.m. on Clubhouse because we're going to do a really good meditation. And then tomorrow I'm doing a virtual summit. Um, so if you go to my Instagram, you're going to see more on there. And we're doing it with Gordana Birnat, an amazing panel. It's all day from 10 to 5. I'm hosting the one hour, um, moderating it between 11.25 a.m., to 12.25 p.m. So tune in to my Instagram. Join me. It's a free summit. You're going to learn a lot tomorrow. Really raising the frequency, conscious conversation. You know, all of a sudden I'm excited again because I'm like looking forward to doing this. But yeah, I uh, meditation. Join me tomorrow if you want to meditate, if you feel like you're in that tired space because it will replenish your soul. So, you know, when I look back, 
to Max and Friends all these years, I've had so many guests, over a thousand guests, literally over a thousand guests, and we're over a million downloads since since the beginning, 15 years. I mean, we were doing this before anyone else was doing this. But seldom do I have a guest that I have back and have back and have back and I invite back and I invite back. And I'm like, I'm so excited to have them back. Or Donna Birnat, you know, is one of them. Valerie Love, Ash Ruiz. The list, you know, there are my, my max motivators. But then there's also, you know, my friends and they're all of my, everyone is, this is Max and friends for a reason because I wanted to create a space where I could bring you to my table to be able to sit with you and tell you, I see you, I hear you, you matter, to be able to validate you, to be able to really like, just spend some time with you, to say, I noticed you. I recently did an article for the Demonica Way and I said, you know, I did this book because I want people to, they said, what is your legacy? It's gonna be the cover of Owl Magazine. They said, what do you want your legacy to be? And I said, you know, really, I want it to be that I noticed you. And so I notice you, I notice you. And I give you that big gigantic hug that maybe you haven't had in a long time. So. Uh, we're going to get all mushy here today, Max Friends. No, but I do. I love you. I love you. I love you. And speaking of guests, tonight, you know, the queen of introductions is my guest. Not only is she the queen of introductions, she's a James Beard Award winner, a Gracie Award winner, a culinary broadcaster. She's going to be the moderator. So put this on your calendar for November 15th at the Rizzoli Store in New York. November 15th is a Tuesday in New York City at the Rizzoli Bookstore at 1133 Broadway at 26th Street. It is the official New York launch for the for the Demonico Way. And and Jennifer English is going to be the moderator. Marissa May is going to join us. You know, her dad was Tony May, who had uh, the Rainbow Room in San Domenico, who worked at Delmonico's. Mauro Maccioni, his father, Ciro, from the Cirque. You know, so we're getting together a collective group of really of conscious culinary individuals. And Jennifer English is the most exquisite friend to have. <laughs> In, and also the most talented host. You know, when I was away this summer, she like literally took the stage and was able to, to bring you the essence of Max and Friends because she's on that vibration. And when she introduces people, guests, friends, colleagues, there's a way that which Jennifer does it where it says without saying, I see you, I hear you, and you matter. And today when I open up those double pages of the daily news, that's what I felt. I felt that validation, not only for me, but for my ancestors, for my grandfather, Oscar, for my grandmother, Sesta, for my aunt, Mary, and for my father, Mario. I say their names so that their energy surrounds me. We're gonna play a song later in the show called Lead Me to the Water, because you're gonna hear lyrics in there that are gonna really inspire you live life to the max. Remember when this show was called to the max? Wow. Talk about uh, TBS throwback Sunday. Well, I love you all for tuning in. Thank you again. Listen, here's the deal. This Sunday, I have to give dates. You know, I forget that I'm like promoting things too on my own <laughs> platform. This Sunday, October 16th, October 16th in North Salem, New York at the Keeler Memorial Library. From 3.30 p.m. to 5 p.m., I will be doing my first author talk, and it's the first place where you can buy the book in person, okay? And I've decided to do this because I'm going to give back to the library, so a percentage of sales will go to the library, and um, I have some early books, early editions, first editions that will be selling there. And so if you want to be a part of that, meet me at the Keeler Library in North Salem, New York, on Sunday, October 16th, 3.30 p.m. We'll have some light refreshments. We'll have some fabulous storytelling and a Q&A. So join me there. And then we're gearing up. Florida. Florida. Hey, Palm Beach. <laughs> Palm Be it's like, how can you get more? Hello, Palm Beach. It's me. I will see you November 10th. November 10th, which is my sister's birthday, Nicoletta, who has a fabulous recipe in the book. You know, my sister did a clam pasta, and Jennifer and I are going to talk about it later. And I already got some beef for it because there's some Parmigiana cheese with it. And in Tuscany, it's a big no-no. And a lot of Northern Italians, no, 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 no cheese with seafood. However, if you go down south a little bit to Napoli, they will put some cheese on their clam pasta. And let me tell you, I'm not a fan of it, really, because I think it's patterns and pathology have made me have made me not want it. 
But the other night, my mother and I were at this fun little restaurant in Connecticut called Venice in Ridgefield, Connecticut. So yummy. <laughs> and um, I put some Parmigiana on my clam pasta. And let me tell you, my sister was right. You know, we had an argument about it for the, in the book, but she was right. So um, it's just a, one of those things to tell you about. So we're going to talk about food tonight. We're going to talk about the Delmonico Way. And I will see you in Palm Beach November 10th. Um, November 10th from, what time is it? 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. November 10th at the Palm Beach Bookstore. Here's what I love about the Palm Beach Bookstore. It is one of my favorite little boutique bookstores. They have the most incredible selection of books and they know what they're doing there. And you're supporting a local bookstore, which I think is really, really, really cool. Um, and then we go November 15th, New York. And then we go November 19th. Bear with me. November 19th, we will be at the Adirondack store in New Canaan, Connecticut. That's going to be really good. And then from there, we have Black Friday in Greenwich, Connecticut at the Patrick Millay store. So just follow me on the Instagram. And then November 30th is a really good event, but I can't publicize it. So I'll email you if you want to know um, about that. And then I go to to Boulder, Colorado, the first week of December. And then in the meantime, you know, hopefully Phoenix, Arizona is on the tour. Jennifer and I spoke about it today. But you know what? Let me just bring my friend to the show, the one and only, the divine Miss Jennifer English. And P.S., it's 11-11 on the East Coast, so make your wish right now. My wish is that we have a wonderful show. Welcome, Jennifer English. 11-11 is one of my very most sacred numbers. Hello, Max. Hello. Well, you are on the 11-11 mark here on Max and Friends. <laughs> I love that. Listen, congratulations. This is really exciting. The oh. double-page spread in the Daily News. I mean, we should say right. it's the New York Daily News. Yes, the Case New the Peoria York. Daily News. And these people are <laughs> rushing to the Peoria Daily News mailbox on the corner. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the New York Daily News. Thank you for bringing that to my consciousness. You know, being a full-time New Yorker, I am the Daily News. You know, I love the Daily News. And I love New York papers. And I love to be able to hold the paper. And today I ran down to the gas station and I was like, oh, I have to get the paper. And I bought 10 of them. I counted. There were 50 newspapers this morning. And I took 10. I was like, I'm going to spare some <laughs> for the locals. And then this evening I went back because I wanted to get a couple more copies. And there were two left. So that means that what? Yeah, like 38 magazine, 38 newspapers sold. So I was super excited. And um, yeah, Jennifer, what a beautiful spread, wasn't it? In the New York Daily News. Amazing. Now, listen, I want to talk about legacy. You've mentioned it a couple of times in the in the in the what I, I'll call your um, monologue at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> and. I think legacy is an amazing word that is misunderstood and underutilized and not enough people, especially young people, understand what a legacy is mm -hmm. and very few understand what the potential for legacy can be. Yeah. We live so fast and present. We live in the moment or we live in the past or it's, it's very difficult to, yeah. to really give the, the vision and the intention to legacy that it deserves. But we are all a product of legacy. And let me add that when anyone talks about legacy, we are merely stewards of the time and place in which we are entrusted with the gifts that we get from those that came before for those that come after us. Mm. You don't always think that way. You know, in the book, I have to tell you, Jennifer, the acknowledgments, I write to my niece who was born on my father's, my grandfather's, you ready for this? The, his birthday and death day. Wow. June 4th. And I write, Lily, born on Oscar's birthday and death day, you are his reincarnation. It is your turn to continue our rich legacy. And then I go on and I then, my little nephew, Austin, and I write to Austin, one day this book will help you understand that your grandfather and great-grandfather were the ultimate restaurateurs, always say their names. You know, and I think that's what's beautiful about this book is that it continues the legacy of these immigrants from Italy, came here for the American dream, who saw opportunity, who, the three O's, right? We say opportunity, 
options and offers. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my pastor, Billy, <laughs> from, from Maryland, who says the three O's. And it's true, you know, Oscar saw the, the potential. And to be able to have a book continue the legacy is one of my richest legacies. And when people say, what do you want your legacy to be? I think I've just really discovered the answer in this conversation with you in these couple of minutes, in these four minutes. My legacy is the Delmonico Way book. It's one of my legacies, you know, that this will, will carry on. And so it's just always, you know, we had the conversation last week about the book and I'm so glad you're joining me again tonight here so we could talk about it. And Our work was incomplete last week. It was, it was. And we had to have the Daily News, the New York Daily News article to make this show complete, the two-part special. <laughs> um, I'd like to, I have some very clear ideas as somebody who is very much in service to our industry, to my culture, my community. When I say my culture, I, I mean the people who love food and service the way I do. Mm. And that includes those that came before, like Mario and Oscar Tucci, and those that will come after us. Part of our stewardship, part of our legacy, is our stewardship of our moment and the act and intention of passing it and sharing it, preserving it in order to share it, capturing it, memorializing it, so that it can be shared forward. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't exist, it's a bloody difficult thing to, to really, to not only pay it forward, but to serve it forward. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think in terms of, of your service to this tradition, but to the future. Mm-hmm. You know, people like to talk about the food industry and how we got this, this incredible blessing following COVID, a reset of the entire time and place where we go next. Mm-hmm. And You know, we were talking, well, we talk all the time, which is one of the greatest blessings of my life. And you're a great gift as a wonderful friend. But you and I are food friends and industry friends. And we talk about our industry and and how we can do the things that we do to continue the legacies that we've been given. My great grandmother was the night room service manager at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Boston. And like you, I had the great good fortune to grow up amidst a place that defined not only a time and place, but a standard and an expression of service. Mm-hmm. And that was the place that introduced me to the back of the house. I have, from the moment I was four years old and first hit the back of the house at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Boston, where I felt like I was home and I met my people and I understood what my Life's purpose was, and my passion became how to bring it to life. For you, you were born and brought to the restaurant. And you felt the things you felt. They stay with you. They're in your DNA. And hopefully they are with Lily and with Austin as well. How do we do what we do today so that there is something rich and inspiring for them to move forward on their journey in their way for the next generation from them. To me, this is all very powerful, powerful stuff. And the gist of this was captured so magnificently today in the New York Daily News by Jacqueline Cutler. So the Sunday, October 9th, 2022 byline by Jacqueline Cutler in the New York Daily News awaits. Would you do me the honor of allowing me to read the story? Because we're talking about this great story and not everybody got to run to the corner today and get a copy of the Daily News. Jennifer, you're going to make me weep. (laughs) It would be the greatest honor to have you read this, you know, because it's sharing and it's storytelling. And I love that Jacqueline is continuing the storytelling for so many to read. So it is my pleasure to turn my mic over to you. So that here on Max and Friends, this beautiful article that really touched my heart today um, and my mother's, you know, let's talk about Mama Gina for a minute. Mm -hmm. Mama Gina is just like overwhelmed with such happiness that, um, you know, this is happening. So, Jennifer, I turn it over to you. 
I, I want to point out two things that this brilliant article is beset around a fabulous vintage picture of a party that took place at Delmonico's in 1959. And the picture is utterly glamorous. It's dripping with glamour and diamonds and sequins and sparkles and candles and black ties. But more than anything else, we're looking at a room full of people who aren't merely bold-faced names. These are people who are the utter embodiment of conviviality. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mention that is because in order to have fun, you have to be relaxed. In order to have joy, you can't be worried. And when you are delighted and you are truly exuberant and there is joy sparkling out of your eyes and the energy in the room is crackling amid the tinkling of glass and ice and music and waiters and forks and bites and giggles and laughs. That is the sound of conviviality. And this picture that they selected from dozens, hundreds really, from the book, they captured the essence of something very magical. And in mm -hmm. this picture, we see Helene McNaughton, Red Buttons, Ava Gabor, and Richard Brown, dressed, as they described, to the nines. They were feasting at Delmonico's in 1959, but even regular folks were treated like royalty. And that comes from the Tucci family archives. The headline of the article is Historic Dining, How Delmonico Set the Standard in New York City. It was a place where even a commoner felt royal. Delmonico's treated every customer like an aristocrat. The tableware was sterling silver, glasses were crystal, and dishes were fine china. Attentive waiters in crisp uniforms circled the dining room. All friendly hostesses in cocktail dresses circulated through the bar. In the era of fine dining, the downtown Manhattan restaurant was one of the finest. And now, Max Tucci, grandson of one of the former owners, has recreated that era and its lush luxuries. In the Delmonica way, sublime entertaining and legendary recipes from the restaurant that made New York if you're looking for how to make an Oysters Rockefeller or Orange Blossom cocktail, you'll find it there. But the book has far more than a compilation of recipes. It contains lovely memories, not only of a time when people dressed up for dinner, but when pride of ownership prevailed. Delmonico's, known as America's first fine dining restaurant, was the gold standard, Tucci writes. The style in which my family operated the restaurant for nearly 70 years is alive within me, imprinted on my soul. It is an honor, and I feel compelled to share it. The original Delmonico's opened in 1827, a modest pastry shop run by immigrants Giovanni and Pietro Delmonico. It soon grew in size and ambition. It introduced a la carte dining and printed menus in the United States and popularized French dishes at a time when British food was the cuisine of choice among affluent Americans. It was the first fine restaurant in the country to use white tablecloths, and in 1859, it was the first restaurant to be reviewed by the New York Times. The restaurant fed Abraham Lincoln, and hosted dinners for dignitaries from Mark Twain to the Prince of Wales. Specialties included Manhattan cocktails, baked Alaska, and the famous Delmonico steak, although opinions varied on precisely what cut of meat that was. The business would survive several fires before establishing its permanent flagship at 56 Beaver Street, and that was in 1837. Prohibition posed a more complicated challenge later. What was Delmonico's without French champagne or Spanish sherry in its rich sauces? In 1923, the restaurant closed. Two years later, Oscar Tucci walked by 
and it was an empty building. He had arrived in New York from Tuscany in 1912 and worked in the hospitality industry. When he saw the abandoned restaurant, he glimpsed an American dream, his American dream. He bought the place and reopened Delmonico's in 1926. Prohibition ruled, no problem. Tucci's wife smuggled bootleg gin into the restaurant in a baby carriage under blankets and their son, Mario. While selling booze risked arrest, they cleverly circumvented the law by selling Delmonico dollars. That script was then traded for liquid refreshments at the bar. Once prohibition ended in 1933, Tucci moved fast. $1,200 got him New York State Liquor License 00003. The restaurant was refurbished, menus were revived, and a few Italian specialties were added. The brass rails in the bar were polished to a high gloss twice a day, and attentive staff ministered to a stream of Wall Street brokers. The men who come here don't air their problems, one bartender confided to a reporter. They talk stocks. I keep my ears open to catch a good tip. Wall Street gossip helps some of the smartest and most attentive barkeeps buy houses. That world may be gone, but tipplers can still recreate some of the concoctions thanks to the book's recipes. Cary Grant's go-to drink sounds like a hangover in a glass. Dark rum, ruby port, applejack brandy, maple syrup, and bitters. Governor Thomas Dewey had his singular favorite, Holland gin mixed with sugar, bitters, and a twist of lemon. Tucci family believed dining out didn't just mean dinner, it meant an experience. So Delmonico's offered several dining rooms, each in a different style to give a different ambiance. Other spaces accommodated private parties. By now, Delmonico's occupied the entire building, offering even more select accommodations for people like Rock Hudson. Delmonico's became his kitchen and his discreet boudoir, the author writes. In the 1950s, Hudson became a regular. After a few cocktails and some air kisses with other A-listers, Rock shed his inhibitions and headed to the penthouse. The private apartment had a marble fireplace, dining room, kitchen, wet bar, and bedroom. Once a guest and their guests entered the suites, do not disturb was the house rule. Violators were fired on the spot. That attention to privacy made Delmonico's a celebrity haven. Frank Sinatra, Marlena Dietrich, and Elvis Presley dropped by for Lobster Newberg or Spaghetti Bolognese. Sammy Davis Jr. and Chubby Checker were booked for intimate engagements. Impromptu performances weren't unheard of either. Lena Horne would often go on stage between courses and sing. And a tipsy gypsy Rose Lee once climbed atop a table and did a striptease covering her essentials with an oversized menu. Few places outside of Hollywood have seen the glamour that Delmonico's did in its heyday. Debbie Reynolds once reminisced, I miss that time and I miss that place. Although celebrities can make a restaurant's name, they can't pay all its bills. And as star-studded as Delmonico's became, the financial world remained its bread and butter. To attract and keep the Wall Street crowd, Tucci installed a stock ticker at one end of the bar. Tables closest to it were reserved for top Wall Street executives. Lehman Brothers were given their own room and ticker, and up to a thousand lunches were served every workday. Nor was it a, a men's club, although there were few women on Wall Street at the time. When Muriel Siebert became the first to get a seat on the stock exchange in 1967, she celebrated at Delmonico's, where she became a regular. All are welcome at my table, Tucci insisted. Certainly sexism crept in, and during the 1970s, the restaurant took out smarmy ads featuring their lovely young hostesses with taglines like, I'm Gretchen, meet me for cocktails at Delmonico's. These promotions owed more to the decade singles bar culture than any shift in the institution's mission. Delmonico's remained dedicated to good food and good manners. But the city around it was changing. By the 1980s, crack cocaine had taken hold around New York, murders were on the rise, and gangs were quickly forming. Tucci wrote about this, and in 1987, the family sold the business. 
Over the last three decades, Delmonico's, under several different ownerships, shed elements of sophistication. The author mourns this. Plain plates and flatware replaced the fine china and silver. What formed the basis of the Delmonico way, he writes, was dismantled. The restaurant has been shut, hobbled by COVID restrictions and various legal fights. And that's why seeing Oscar's Delmonico come back to life via this book has been a joy. Tucci writes, a chance not only to relive my childhood, but inspire a new generation. The same doors that have opened for me, I am opening for you. Affording you the opportunity to become part of the Delmonico way, he says. A wish of mine is that as you read these pages, they will encourage you to set intentions while setting the table. To never keep the good china packed away and to use what your ancestors passed down to you. Mm. Isn't that beautiful, Jennifer English? <laughs> I think we've got to send that magnificent Jacqueline Cutler a beautiful fruit basket or something delicious. <laughs> I would cook for her if I were there. She makes I, me understand uh, something about this that I that I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. Now I feel it. Mm. And now I it's see tangible. this picture in this picture of conviviality. It's not about living in the past, far from it. This is about living in the future. Yeah, there's a tangibility to it, you know, for real. And what's really, I love that picture so much. And I remember when I first was doing this book, you know, I um, I really wanted that picture to be this, the double, like, the center of the book, okay, double page spread center of the book. And, you know, I'm not a book designer. So I thought like, wow, you know, that would be so amazing. But we fit it. Roberto fit it in perfectly. And and there's one really fascinating part of that story. A couple. There's actually many fascinating parts. But for me, you know, writing the book, I know uh, I know the book. And when we talked about Gypsy Rose Lee getting on the table and dancing, my dear friend, um, who's a wonderful artist, Donald Robertson, I say dear friend in the essence that when I reached out to him right away, I said, I want to do something with Delmonico's. What can you do? And he goes, I've got it. Give me some names. I said, this one, this one, this one. Gypsy Rose Lee. He said, stop. I said, what? He goes, that's the one. And he goes, tell me a story about Gypsy Rose Lee. And I told him that story that's in this wonderful double page, New York Daily News spread. And he drew it. And I have it. Yeah, I have the original. And the what he drew is in the book. So to be able to like see that moment depicted by Donald Robertson, is phenomenal. His book is by Asseline. Go get it right now. It's a phenomenal book. He's an incredible artist and the kindest. You know, when I when I reached out to friends, Jennifer, and I said, I'm doing this book on Delmonico's, they were, yes, was like the first answer. Carla Hall, Andrew Zimmern, Donald Robertson, Ashley Longshore, Letty Alvarez. Um, the list goes on. Ravier Barr from India. I mean, Yanev Cohen, the spice detective, uh, Paul Zahn, uh, Chadwick Boyd. <laughs> I mean, really, Andrew Scarvini, the list goes on and on and on. And Hugo. Can I point out why they said yes? <laughs> yes. And, why? And in a, in a, there, were, there were multiple reasons. In addition to their, you know, friendship and respect for you as a person, Every single person in food today, and I think this is an important point. I know we've got to take a break and I know we've got music, but I think there's nothing more important you and I can talk about tonight than this. Mm-hmm. Every single person working in food today can trace our culinary culture and legacy through Delmonico's, mm. through the kinds of things that Delmonico created that Oscar Tucci created. There is a consistency to food across all genres that comes from this sense of excellence and service. And where we go next, it's very important to remember. Everybody that said yes to you recognizes that they, in their careers, have the legacy of the DNA of Delmonico's in their life and work today. Mm-hmm. It's impossible not to. Not mm-hmm. merely because people like Siria Maccioni, 
and Tony May and the Rainbow Room and Le Cirque and Delmonico's had this great influence. They did, but it's more than that. It's everybody that it touches. And this is the great legacy because everyone was welcome at Oscar's table. The things that it inspired and welcomed people who are working in food today to do happened because they were empowered to take a chance and do what they loved. Mm -hmm. Because all are welcome at the food table in this culture and in this industry. That is a very powerful idea. And I think that was part of the reason everybody said yes. Yeah, you know, and the list goes on because I mean, when we were, it was so difficult to edit this book, you know, Kip Forbes, he wrote a beautiful quote. And then we had quotes from back in the day from Johnny Versace. And then, you know, like the most incredible quotes, Cindy Adams, you know, so it's like on November 15th, we're going to have some of these quotes in the window at the Rizzoli bookstore, you know, and then speaking of the future of food, you know, I have a dear friend and, um, you know, I don't like to publicize my, my friendships with, um, with celebrity figure, let's say, but one dear, dear, dear friend to my heart, to, to my soul. And, um, the quote, I put it this way, I'm not gonna say his name, but the quote will be in the window. And the quote that he gave me after, you know, I spoke to him today and we were talking about the book and he was so happy. He's like, so how's our book doing? And I love that he said our book doing, you know, because that's like the friendships that I have with these people. And that's the friendships that my grandfather had with everyone that you mentioned and my father, you know, it was, it's just so magical to be able to have this legacy and this tradition and these, I love these, these are good patterns, you know, to have these patterns. This friend that I'm mentioning about now, he also said that I have the great observation of um, the great, what my grandfather has, which is I'm able to observe. And last night when I did this dinner party, I was observing all of my guests, Jennifer. And, you know, we had the conversation about the host, the guest, what does it mean? And to be able to be a gracious host, you have to have gracious, gracious guests. And so guests and friends that come to my table, whether it's in the book or whether it's on here on Max and Friends, I see you. I hear you. You matter. We're going to play a song right now because I need to take a break. Jennifer, I love you for joining me tonight because, you know, I'm always transparent and for real. Girl, and I don't like to say, you know, I have, I'm very, I'm known for saying what follows I am follows you. So I have this unconscious conversation with myself, but it is conscious because it's real. And I am tired, girl, <laughs> you know, so I'm grateful that you're here joining me and helping me waltz through this. We're going to play a song. Speaking of friends, Sharon, 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 my dear friend, Sharon Agati, Sharon Gatow, you know, Sharon from the MTV's The Real World London. Talk about flashback. I think it's like 1997. Um, and The Real World London on MTV. Y'all remember Sharon, the singer. Sharon and I became best of friends. And in my days, we dated back then and had like a wonderful relationship. And um, 1995 was The Real World London. And Sharon and I, to this day, are still dear friends. And so when I look back and say, you know, I'm grateful to be a part of this Delmonico legacy, but I'm also grateful to be a part of my own. And that's why when I did this book on meditation with sister, Dr. Jenna, I said that my father's death gave me my life. And what I know about that for sure is that in this next song that we're going to hear called lead me to the water has the most beautiful lyrics. Yesterday I heard somebody say the word spiritual. Take me closer to that man and why he understands. Does he know the conflict in my soul? Will you lead me to the water? So let this time be a moment for you right now. You know, self-worth. My dear friend, Valerie Love, who was one of my max motivators the other day, did a post. And you know what she said that I thought was so important, Jennifer? She said, we have to have a self-love fund. A self-love fund. That we have, especially aside for us, for those moments when we want a massage, when we want to go away, we have the funds to, to love ourselves, to tell ourselves, Max, I see you, I hear you, you matter. To tell yourself, Jennifer, Jennifer, I see you, I hear you, you matter. For our listeners tonight, listeners, I see you, I hear you, you matter. I can't say that enough. The mantra is so real inside my soul. 
So speaking of soul, let's take us now to that moment where my friend, Sharon Agati sings, Lead Me to the Water. And when we're back, we're going to have a little more words about the Delmonica Way right here on Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci, with my divine co-host tonight, the one and only Jennifer English. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take this moment.
Mm-hmm. Will you lead me to the water? I love this song by Sharon Akati here on Max and Friends. Fabulous. Isn't that a beautiful song? I know it ain't easy, Jennifer. And you know, this book was not easy. Let's just be candid. And I love that it happened because I'm a daydreamer and I believe it to do your work. That's when it happens. It's when you show up and it will all happen in time, in time to tell. It will well, happen. And you're the one who says all the time, you know, this is exactly where you're meant to be at this moment. That's right. Well, and at this moment, you know, we're going to talk about guests. First, I want to thank you for being not only a guest, but my co-host actually tonight at Max and Friends. We have a couple more minutes to talk about guest. And what I want to talk about is the definition of a guest is a person who is invited to visit the home of or take part in a function organized by another. A guest is someone who is visiting you or is at an event because you have invited them. She was a guest at a wedding. A guest is someone who visits a place or organization or appears on a radio or television show because they have been, this is what I love, because they have been invited to do so. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, what is the difference between the definition of a guest and what makes someone a guest? You know, like you, I've been very privileged to be a, a host of a, a radio program for over 20 years that you noted was honored with different awards, but that's distracting from the main point, which is a host has an intention to welcome people. And the act of welcoming someone is is manifesting hospitality. You know, I, I have a new business and I was telling you about it Um, we're getting into the alcohol-free space, the non-alcohol space. And somebody asked what we were doing, and it just flew out of my mouth. I didn't write this. It it wasn't something that we went to a marketing agency and, and crafted or practiced. It flew out of my mouth, and I share it with you for a reason. We are honoring and celebrating the rituals and traditions of hospitality and conviviality, alcohol-free, with irresistible black tie worthy bubbles. Now that just flew out of my mouth. But why that's important is because it's such a reflexive representation of the intention that a host has. Please, I've set all this up for you to delight you and to welcome you and to bring hospitality to life. We started talking last week about guests and how we have forgotten to be a good guest. If you look at that spread in today's New York Daily News, you might look at the picture of the glamour and you might wonder what's on that paper that's making everyone smile and giggle and you might wonder what they're eating or what they're drinking, but that misses the point. They're there and they are great guests. They're grateful guests. The key to being a good guest on a talk show is to be honest, transparent, immediate, passionate, delightful. Great hosts know who to invite to their table if they're wanting to have a good time. They invite people that are fun and kind and gracious and funny and smart. They know how to be a good guest. We have lost the fine art of being a guest, even a humble guest. Mm. All of us are here as a guest. Yeah. None of us comes into this invitation we were given to life with anything other than this opportunity for conviviality and joy and kindness and generosity. Mm-hmm. We all have our place at the table. We all have a way to be of service. And in the picture in the Daily News, Red Buttons knew he might be asked to tell a little joke or sing a little song or do a little dance. And he knows what it is to bring his energy and his intention to the table. I will tell you that that would have been one of the most fun tables to be at that night at that event. And when Cindy Adams writes about an event just like this, I think you have the quote in front of you about the smattering of. Oh, I do. And you know what? I I just love this. I, you literally, it was like, you know, in the movie um, Aladdin when Jafar is there and he's got that wand and he's mesmerizing. You've just transported me back into that time and space. So, you know, thank you for being a wonderful guest and a wonderful co-host. The quote that Cindy Adams says, and I'm going to leave you because we have to wrap this up. So the quote from Cindy Adams, I love this, is 
from 1959 where she says, Cindy Adams, we all love Cindy Adams. Last night, Oscars Del Monaco had a sprinkling of Rockefellers, a dash of Vanderbilts, a Whitney or two, and a couple pounds of DuPonts. Cindy Adams. And they all knew how to be guests because they all knew how to be hosts. And one woman that I love who knows how to be a guest and who is the ultimate host is Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah says, when you undervalue what you do, the world will undervalue who you are. Doing the best at this moment puts you in the best place for the next moment. Turn your wounds into wisdom. And we were talking about opportunities tonight. And I'm going to leave you with this quote because I truly believe in this. Preparation. I was prepared to do this book when Charles at Rizzoli said, yes, I wasn't going to, I would not have been able to do it sooner. So the quote that I'm going to leave you with before we wrap up is this. And it's from Oprah Winfrey. I believe luck is preparation meeting opportunity. If you hadn't been prepared when the opportunity came along, you wouldn't have been lucky. I love you all for tuning in tonight on Max and Friends. Jennifer, you too are the ultimate host and the ultimate guest. So thank you for breaking bed with me tonight here on my table. I just did a Barbara Walters. <laughs> I said breaking bed. <laughs> Thank you. For the one and only Max. Max, I just, and I didn't say it before, but congratulations. I'm really, really excited for you and very proud of you. Thank you. I received that. And you know, I am too. I am proud of myself as well. So thank you for saying that. And I appreciate you and I love you. And I wish you a good night and a good morning for whoever is listening. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You are listening to Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Until next time, love yourself little bit more today than you did just a moment ago. Jennifer, I bid you a good night. Bachi. Ciao.